Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It'd be nice to see these two come together and uh, try to work something out here. Mackey and Judd. I mean, all we're getting is yelling from both, and it's the yelling and shouting doesn't accomplish anything. On 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd today is uh, Tom Chorsky, former golfer, uh, former National Hockey League player, and Zolgad. And so, Mr. Chorsky, um, through a series of, I guess what you could call, strange, unusual, and maybe even bizarre events, the Gopher hockey team went into Saturday night with something like a 98% chance of making the NC to a field. The only thing that could go wrong is six results. If they all went against them, would put UMD in the field and knock the Gophers out. Every one of them went wrong. The Gopher hockey team, I think for the second time in three years, is now not in the NCAA tournament. On Saturday after that happened on Twitter, which is not surprising, you started to see the the Fire Lucia um, enthusiasm, I'll call it, pick up. On Sunday, I did some checking, and nobody really shot that down. Now, Don's got a year year left on his contract. I think if they fire him, uh, he gets uh, north of $300,000. Nonetheless, as a, a proud alum, and as a guy who uh, starred in that program, what is your feeling about where the future of Gopher Hockey should go? Oh, um, where where the future Starting should with go? The coach. Well, I mean, yeah, I think. What should they do? Well, I don't think I don't think they're going to fire him. And I, I I would hope you know that if Don feels um, at all like he's not up to turning things around that he would um you know resign step step down mm-hmm. um i i think it's gotten to the point where and you hear people talk about you know it's time for a new voice uh, yeah breath of fresh air whatever um whatever terminology or colloquialism you want to use but yeah i think it's gotten to the point where it is going to require um new energy just a new direction a lot of a lot of different things to turn around a ship like this, um, and it's been proven at, in other sports at other levels. It just at some point when it gets down to, I think, if we're going to look at what goes in, what what is a program comprised of, right? Like, because when you're the head coach of of what should be a top five program in the country, and in, in my opinion. Or if you're the head coach of a football program or whatever basketball program, you're not just the coach of the team. You're the 
kind of the steward of the program, if you will. And that's why you need some good assistance because you need a good supporting uh, staff to, to, to assist with the coaching of the team. But, you know, you're, re- you're responsible for, um, you know, recruiting and, and what are your philosophies in recruiting? What direction is that going? Um, certainly the win-loss record is, is going to impact your attendance. But right now they've got an attendance problem, right? And now when you start to have an attendance problem and a win-loss problem, um, you start to have sort of a brand problem. Which is going to affect your recruiting? Most definitely, yes. right? Players are going to right now are looking at um, Minnesota schools. St. Cloud and Minnesota State, Mankato are are in the you know are in the tournament, mm-hmm. um, and the Gophers have and UMD are in the tournament, right? The other three big schools are are in the tournament. The only other school that's not is Bemidji. Um, and so now you've got a little bit of a brand problem, right? You're you're out there trying to convince people, or or you have a hard time convincing them. What what argument do you have to say? Well, we're better than those schools. We're not right now. And so you've got you've got that problem. Um, you need to have as a coach. I think you need to have a relationship with uh, the the scouts around the state. Uh, you know, you need to have a relationship with the high school coaches. You need to have a relationship with your boosters. You need to have a relationship with your alumni. And I think I'm touching on things that there currently is not enough um, either activity, enthusiasm, connection. They're deficient in those areas. All those areas. Okay. So uh, where do you want to go from here? No, you, you, okay, you just hit on uh, something that Phil and I were talking about yesterday, and this... uh, Topic stirs a lot of passion. As it should. And here's the way I see things. Uh, Doug was there, I think there, Wu was there for 15 years. Yep. And and the team had started to struggle and things had grown stale in 99. And they brought Don in for a breath of fresh air and he did a very good job. But I think when Lucia took the job, you could walk into a recruit's home anywhere in the state and say... To the parents and kid, your games are going to be on on cable on Friday and Saturday night. Um, as far as going to games, you can travel to games to watch your kid at home if you're coming from up north, for instance. But you know what? You can also go to Duluth, St. Cloud, Mankato, Wisconsin. So the program sold itself. The difference now is I think you need somebody who is willing to do a lot of, of legwork that didn't exist then. I mean, I don't. But, yes, I, I got. I did the show with Don and Wally for about three years, and I liked Don personally, but he did not strike me as a guy that was dying to get out there and hit the banquet circuit and sell tickets. I mean, you know, I mean, the building's empty now. I mean, games start and the building's empty. So, Tom, I think I think the point is, I think what you need to do is you need to find a coach who's going to be completely engaged in doing things that a gopher hockey coach for years and years, including Herbie, probably right. Oh yeah, didn't have to do. I mean, you showed up, you coached the game, and if you well, were success- he Herbie built the brand a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And 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 I will say, Don, uh, you know, admittedly, and people around him would say, yeah, that's just not his real personality, and and he's he's not, um, he doesn't love, I don't think, being the center of attention or being in the crowd, uh, you know, getting out there, and 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 so you wonder, like, yeah, is it just really? painful and difficult for him to be is he really that much of an introvert if that's you know that's his personality or is he just not really want to do it right and that would be the pessimist or the you know side of me saying it just seems like something that you have to do if you're the leader of a program 
Um, and now you've let it, you've let all that stuff go, you know, and, and there's been gripes about the relationship with the alumni over the years. Right. And there's never been. Now, is that just not that good right now? Is, oh, it hasn't been good it for a long not, time. Non-existent. It's non-existent. Explain that to me. Well, it's just non-existent that, um, and I don't know if, again, I don't, you know, and that's Don's prerogative, but when he came in and I was gone, you know, I was kind of out of when I, when he first took over, um, you know, I was not around that much either, but, um, it's just never been like an ongoing, um, any activities with alumni and, and any relationship building or maintenance or anything. And, and it's always, it's, it's tougher maybe in Minnesota than whereas it seems like, um, you know, the Badgers have a, a stronger thing going, but that's because they can do an event and everyone descends on Madison for a weekend. And at least that's the argument that, um, you know, they, they have these reunions, right? We don't really have any reunions. We've tried at times, um, but it, it it's a little bit forced, you know, late in the game kind of thing lately sure. in the last five years. But, um, you know, they're just and I don't know if Don wanted to distance himself because he's not an alumni guy um, and he didn't want to invite in too many cooks in the kitchen or what. I'm not sure. But they're just there just has never been um, that sort of open door policy. Right. That, you know, I, I, I remember when um, we when they were on. FSN and we were, you know, they were on, and I used to work the games and stuff. So I was around on Fridays and Saturdays, not every Friday and Saturday, but I was around quite a bit cause I was doing the games there. And so was Rob McClanahan. Um, and, and, you know, you would think that Rob McClanahan who miracle on ice guy, mm-hmm. right. I mean, and I played there too, but I'm, I'm actually tipping my cap to Rob McClanahan sure. who won a gold medal and played at the U and everything. You know, you would think that maybe you'd, invite him into the room to say hello to the guys, right? And say, hey, Rob, you know, say hello to my, say hello, go in and talk to my team. That One never, gold medal. Stuff like that doesn't happen. Like, hmm. there's not like an open door. And then you hear North Dakota, you know, you talk to a guy that played at North Dakota, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we, when we go up, we we actually can walk right into the room. We've got a, you know, we've got the code to the to the locked locker room or whatever they're they're they can go in and grab a coffee and, and say hello to everyone. It's an open door policy type thing. That type of environment has never, has never existed and it doesn't have to. And it's like I said, it's Don's prerogative, but you lose a lot. I think a program, but if you're not winning, it becomes an issue. Well, you know, I, I, I just think when we played at the U you know, it was like you were playing for something a lot bigger, right? You were playing for, John Mariucci and Herb Brooks, and you felt an obligation to really l- play for those guys and play for the history of the program and play for the M. And um, I just think it it was uh, conducive to a lot of success. And and those teams kept going. And Don had success too, right? He won two national championships. Um, and, and and let me also just say, while I'm thinking of it, you know, Don is 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 a great person. He's a he's a super Gentlemen, right? Uh, another thing about the program, which we, which I didn't, I failed in my laundry list of things. I'm jumping all over the place, but is you know academics, right? You got to mm-hmm. have, you want to have these are student athletes, so you want to have a, a clean academic program, which Don has done. Um, your GPA, you know, you want to have a good GPA. He's getting great students. You want to stay out of the headlines as far as arrests or you know the things that college kids. Yeah, he's got can, good kids. Kids can get caught up in, and he, so he runs. Yeah. He's he's got good, clean 
um, kids. They're you know they're not uh, they're not getting in trouble and they're they're getting great grades and and all that is is uh, a plus uh, for his program. But um, you know alumni relations. I just think to have a really thriving program, you need to have a thriving um, alumni relationships and you need to have thriving boosters and and there is no blue line club anymore and there used to be luncheons that the coaches would talk to at and and people would kind of not go to work on Fridays my parents or you know go for fans <laughs> they, they go loved to Jack's. it they go to Jack's for the blue line club, the blue line club meeting and they, and they turned it in they turned lunch into a whole afternoon and then they went to the yeah. gopher games that night so um, and you know those are days gone by and and glory days maybe but um, but it's got to hurt you when games start and they you, you're either there or can see it on TV and the place is essentially empty that to me is I mean that's that in your day, that simply did not happen. No, I mean, I didn't even play at that ring. Right, but but, but I'm just saying, just saying how old that is. But no, it was, it was everyone. It was pride on ice, right? That yeah. was the brand. Um, fast, was a fastest game in town. Time. Oh, there's been waiting lists, you know, not that long ago, probably. But um, that that's where I talk about the brand. The brand of Gopher hockey has been lost, and it's for a multiple of reasons. Like it's just not what it once was and and it probably sounds like I'm living in the past but well no it, it needs to be fixed and 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 it, and it and it doesn't have to be what it always was back in the day but I, I'm telling you it was a different thing um when when you were playing there and John Mariucci would come in and you just looked at him and he was he was like a grandpa looking at all his grandkids and you just felt like and I felt this when I was in Montreal too you're playing for a lot of success before you and you're wearing this jersey and it's almost like you're 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 not worthy of pulling on this jersey because you care so much uh about that 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 program or that brand or that organization or that team and it's 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 hard for me because it's been lost and I don't think it I don't think it should have been and I applaud St. Cloud like we should while we're talking about college hockey and go for hockey and I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there from Duluth and St. Cloud and Mankato that always are rolling their eyes saying, oh, God, you know, whether they're winning or whether they're losing, all we ever hear about is the stupid Gophers. But so congratulations to those programs. I know all those coaches as well. They're doing fantastic jobs. So, um, you know, we'll we'll leave it at that for now, but I'm happy to keep talking if you want. Uh, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd today is Zolgad and Chorsky. More Gopher Hockey conversation from the TCL Broadcast Studios right after this. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. So, Tom Chorsky, if it was up to you and you were to put together a, a potential list of candidates, let's say that something does happen with Don, where where would you start? Because in 99, Don was the guy. I recall yeah. that pretty. And we had talked about, we maybe, as as Wooger was nearing uh, the end of his coaching tenure at the U, maybe he talked about Dean Blaze a little bit. Oh, yeah. But I remember Don was young and emerged pretty quickly as the guy. So if you were now uh, speeding ahead 19 years, if you were to put together a list, where would you start? Motsko's the name that I, I've heard the most. I've heard people say that he would take it for sure. I've also been told by some that he's he's built a very nice um, yeah thing that he's got going in St. Cloud and that to assume he would take it would probably be a bit of a mistake. But where would you start? Well, you know, on that note, um, he certainly could earn a lot more money, right? And then he can, you know, then he can say, I've got to do what's right for my family. Mm -hmm. He can play that card. Yep. Um, But he certainly has built 
St. Cloud into, um, I mean, they're a top program in the country, right? They're, they were ranked in the top five, I think, all year long or most of the year. Um, one thing he probably could do is leverage the opportunity to become the gopher coach to earn more money at St. Cloud. I don't know how much more they can pay him, but right. he probably, you know, it would might be enough for him to say, you know what? Hey, I now I'm making more money than I was making in St. Cloud. I've got a good thing going here. I've built the culture here, which I'm a huge believer in culture and environment is you can have all the talent in the world, all the skill in the world. If your culture isn't right, because I lived through it, I watched in New Jersey, us transform our culture. For I was there for four years, and mm-hmm. from year one to year four is when we won the Stanley Cup. And so I feel like I lived it and I experienced it. And since then, I've kind of studied it. And I, and and so you got to You you can like I said, you can have all the talent in the world and skill in the world if you don't have the right environment and the right culture uh, in that locker room and around that program. You're not gonna fare well because when you run into um, adversity the wheels come off, right? And 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 in at the college level right now with these players, um, some of them being short timers, right? You can see it in basketball too. They're like, eh, shrug their shoulders, right? Roll their eyes and go, oh, I'm I'm out of here anyway. Yeah, I'll be gone after I'm gone after this year anyway, or yeah. two years or True. you know, so they just wanted to swing through and pull on the sweater and um and, and then move on after that, you know. But um I, you know, I saw you do start with Motsko, um, you know, other names. I heard yesterday you guys talked about Todd Richards, maybe. So you look at alumni, right? And and you wonder how much pressure is going to rise up from um, the alumni and the, and the stakeholders that it be someone from Minnesota, you know, Don isn't a Minnesota alum and, and that's been a knock on him at times. I sat down with him, not, you know, not that long ago and when he was hiring the assistant coach and i told him from i didn't think it had to be an alumni i think you could find a quality candidate and this was just for the assistant coach but in all fairness there are good people out there that could step in mm-hmm. and be a coach for another program you know someone i i know someone from the north dakota area and they they were like well you know Hackstall would maybe he and I'm like there's no way that guy's gonna cut. I mean because he's in the NHL now and he's starting to have some success and he's making a ton of money um you know I don't know that he's gonna want to but maybe his family doesn't like it and he would come back I don't think there's a chance in heck say, I can't see would, this program hiring hiring him hiring a North Dakota Canadian guy no chance right yeah. so I have to tell that guy no and there's no way <laughs> like he would he couldn't he would probably look at pulling on a gopher you know golf shirt and get the heebie-jeebies. He just couldn't do it. So, you know, there. It, while it doesn't have to be an alumni or it doesn't, it could be someone outside of Minnesota. Yeah, Hackstall's probably going a little bit too far. That's going that too far direction. the other way, right? Yeah. It's got to be someone that it works, right, from from wherever they went to school. So it doesn't have to be alumni. But um, there's other, Tom Ward's name has been thrown around as a guy who ran Shattuck. He's now, in, I think, working for the Sabres with Phil Housley. Um but he hasn't coached college hockey and you know you're going to have to find someone that's had some success at running a program and has built a culture and knows how to manage or or be enthusiastic with the fan base with the media with the scouting community with the alumni i think it's going to take a lot of work it's going to take a I, lot I of work i don't think this is 
if you come in, he's going to need whoever comes in is going to need some help from I don't know someone like me who's passionate yes. about it. And I don't, you know, yes. they're probably not going to hire me. I've actually the last three athletic directors I've approached and said, hey, I'm really passionate about not just go for hockey. I mean, about go for athletics. I I yeah. think I can help. I could be a you know, I, I, I think I have the skill set. I think I have the passion to be on your staff. Let's just put it that. And they'll say, well, they'll, you know, well, here's our job openings. Which one, you know, can you fill? Well, I can't. I, I don't fit into the, that box. Right. But, um, you know, so maybe it's more of a volunteer type situation. But he's going to need a lot of help um, to, to – because a coach has to coach the team too, right? I mean, you have to figure out how to win games and, and how to – uh, I think number one is your culture in your locker room amongst the guys, get the mindset right. So there, that's going to have to be the priority to to get the team winning again. You know, winning solves a lot of problems. It does. Winning will bring people back to the building, but there's going to have to be a lot of messaging that go for hockey is back and we're going to be the fastest game in town. You know, it'd be nice if they could shrink that rink a little bit too because I think that would make for a I better told, game. I told Phil that the, the Olympic ice with elite players is fun. I don't think it works in this uh, in this program's favor right now, though. I really don't yeah. think it works. And I don't think it kills them. But I know that they have talked about, what's it been, five years now or so? They have talked about the potential of going yeah. back to a regulation National Hockey League ice I, size. I, I don't like it at all. Um you know, I think look at NHL players. We they're full of elite skill players that are operating on that NHL size rink, and we're seeing fantastic um, style of play because of the rule changes that they've done. Right, you can't hit on the hands anymore. You can't hook. You can't slash. Uh, you can't um, obstruct. You can't really hook and hold. So they've opened up the game you know, on a smaller surface. So it's right. fast and it's skilled. And that's what you're going to get in college too, I think, even if you shrink the rink and as long as maybe you emulate that, that NHL model of not letting there be a lot of hooking and holding and slashing and, and, and just let it be a skill and a speed game. But, um, you know, back to, back to what it's going to take, it's going to take a lot, but winning solves a lot of problems as far as getting the people back. Cause I've heard about this, you know, the big 10 league, it's no good. And yeah, out of the gate, people were disappointed that we weren't going to be seeing those rivalries, those in-state rivalries as much or as, you know, and it's easy. This hindsight is twenty twenty, but that really was, um, they should have hired a, a PR group or, a, you know, someone to get that messaging out. The Big that, Ten didn't care. That's the problem. Right. But but the Gophers could have cared. Yeah, that's true. But they didn't really see it. They probably, you know, or they just were like, oh, we're too busy working on this and that and the other thing. And, and when, Well, they, they charge. And by the way, a ticket to oh, a game yeah, there. Oh, yeah. That's another. That's, the other, that's, that's where I would start. Start there. I would slash prices and I would I would come out with an ad campaign saying, go for, you know, if you want to go to a Gopher hockey game, it's not going to cost you that much. Right. I was, what was it? There was a. There but they was have to be good. A six, oh, sure. Sure. But I, I'm just. My point is at what sixty plus dollars for some games, but they should be good too. Like let's let it's not like they're lacking in. No, they were preseason top ten no. ranked. There's no reason why they can't um, be good. You know, you've got you've got and the big probably good. on the roster for a college roster, mm -hmm. they might lead the nation in most drafted players. Right, so the NHL thinks these players are are good. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't just because they're drafted. You know, they might have a bunch that are late round drafts so they're not you know mark marquee marquee players but, but they but to your point they should be good 
They should There's be, no excuse for that program not to be good. They should be good enough they to qualify need, for yes. the national tournament Correct. every single year. They shouldn't have six things go wrong on Saturday night and say, "Oh my God, we're out." They don't have to win. They don't have to be in the Frozen the Four State, every year. You got you went to Penn State for four consecutive right. games and got beaten Beat. all of them. Well, and they were a 500 team this year overall. Yeah. And the Big Ten was, and the Big Ten actually in hockey. Is this it, season was good. Look at the, but that's great. That should get you. What this season should have been, I think, Tom, is this. This should have been the first year where you had, you know, five good teams, and you said, okay, this is great because now we're going to be rivals with this team and that team. And instead, to your point, you were okay. Yeah. Well, you look at this tournament. Great. I'm looking down. The, I'm looking at the bracket right now. Um, Big Ten: Ohio State, Penn State, um, Michigan. Uh, you know, there's there's three teams right there. I don't Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you know, I mean, the big. Let's not the, the days of poo pooing the Big Ten league are, are are over. It's 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 moot or it's just not true. It's a it's a good enough league. And for I know people are upset that because it used to be Friday and Saturday at seven o'clock, yeah. and and we had our local announcers. That bugs me too when I do tune in and watch them on the Big Ten, and I have to listen to guys from Michigan. And they, when they go back to the desk in between periods, I'm, I'm, they've got other logos up. And, and they're mispronouncing and, names. And they're mispronouncing names, and they have no connection to the state. And that's frustrating. But the money that it generates for the program is, is hard to argue against. They just have to do a better job of messaging and, and shaping that message and, and building that brand back up and, and dealing with the Big Ten because that's not going away. Once you're on that gravy train of yes. receiving the money from you're the league, not dropping you're out. not dropping out. Dave, what's coming up in uh, stuff that we should know about? Uh, we're going to get to some baseball news. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, the real and hopefully full truth behind Tom Brady's weird hatred for strawberries, and we will once again examine the Tiger Woods effect. Well, that is next from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd now continue. You're trained for this. You're ready for this. On 1500 ESPN. That stuff you should know about is sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up uh, screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America. And the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. All right, Dave Harrigan, what do you have for uh, Mr. Chorsky and myself today? I have a variety of items. Let's start with Major League Baseball almost news. It's nearing the point where it will be news. The latest collective bargain agreement in Major League Baseball includes a provision that says players get a little bonus if they're going to play certain international games. The city of London is specifically mentioned, and each player, if they play a game in London, gets sixty grand added to their salary. All well, right. that oh. might be part of the reason <laughs> the Yankees and Red Sox are, quote, nearing an agreement next season, 2019, to play two regular season games in London. It wouldn't be the, you know, do it in March and then couple take a few days off. Middle of the season. Sounds like it would happen in June. It would be the first Major League Baseball games to be played 
in Europe. They'd be at London's Olympic Stadium, which is a little bigger than most soccer stadiums because that's where they hosted the track and field events right. uh, when the Olympics were in London. Now, does it say, is that going to be a Yankee or Red Sox home, home games that are being lost by the club? We don't know that for sure yet. I do not see those details. So we're going to um, export our, our favorite products, Yankees Red Sox, to them. And they are going to uh, go to the stadium thinking this is great. And then after an hour, they're still going to think it's great. And after two, they're going to think it's this is pretty good. And after three, they're going to think this is going on as long as cricket does. And after four, they're all going to leave and the game will be in the seventh inning. But cricket can go days. Well, it depends on what I mean, type nice of cricket. Four... Did, did you know there's two type of crickets? I did. Okay. But I'm just saying a nice four-hour Major League Baseball game, you know, Yankees-Red Sox might be quite appealing to the Londoners. George, your thoughts on, on the potential for a Yankee-Red Sox game in London, which I think will, after a while, bore those people silly. Because soccer's boring to us, but it's quick. Yeah, but they're, I would think that they're... You know they're gonna do it. They're gonna try it. But of course yeah, they will. Um, I, yeah, I would think the 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 fans, if it gets if it gets over marketed and just jammed down their throat, yeah, they'll probably be the type of people that will kind of roll their eyes and and think it's a it's a Yankee thing. It's you a know? big waste. Of Literally time. a Yankee thing. <gasps> All right, we all know about Tom Brady and the TB12 diet and the exercise program, blah, blah, blah. First, when you were playing Chorsky, what was your diet like? How, how much attention did you and other guys pay to it at that point? Not not a lot. Um, we, you know, you stayed in shape because you worked out hard, but, uh, you know, we just ate a lot of pasta to carb up before a game and steaks after, and I don't know, there wasn't a lot of... Um, fruit smoothies and protein stuff that they do now, and I've heard guys they cook with avocado oil and flaxseed, and yeah, that was nowhere near us. The we Brady were, avocado ice cream is it was, apparently terrible. I'm sure, but like he likes it. When we played in Detroit, Little Caesars would they'd roll in pizzas because it was owned by Little Caesars. I'm sure today, gosh, yeah. I'm sure today, if you rolled a bunch of pizzas into the locker room, the players would probably stiff arm it and uh-huh. say, "No, I I don't eat greasy pizza after I play." We did. I don't know. I was going to say, you, you guys probably took boxes home. Yeah, on the bus. Took an extra box or two of uh, Absolutely. pizza. Got on the bus and went home with uh, it. On the, on the way to the bar. <laughs> well, we knew Tom Brady didn't eat strawberries. A lot, of, a lot of people assumed it was because of the diet. It's not because of the diet. It's because he legitimately just cannot stand the sight, taste, or smell of strawberries. Last week, we had the item. We're on uh, an appearance on the Colbert Show. He did eat a strawberry as well as chug a beer. It was amazing. Everyone laughed and chortled. It was wonderful. Well, Brady then appeared on an NPR show a couple days ago mm-hmm. and was asked about, seriously, what's what's the deal with the strawberries? And it goes back to when he was a kid. I grew up in California, and I had an aunt that lived in central California, and when she'd drive up to see us, she would stop at the fruit stands on the side of the road, and she'd get these big trays of strawberries, and she'd bring them up to our house, and she would put them into our, our refrigerator. And every time the refrigerator door was open, the smell of strawberries would permeate the room. And I could not stand it. And since then, I've never eaten a strawberry. The thought of a strawberry is just is, is wow. terrible for me. And uh, the fact that I actually did it the other night, I couldn't believe it either. So that's what made it most surprising for me. Yeah. And, and, and how did it taste after how many years? Uh, <laughs> good for him. So it, it's just preference. So this has nothing to do with, with dietary... Restrictions. This has n- nothing to do with sugars it's or trauma. Non- childhood it's trauma. It's just childhood. We we all have something, right? 
Mine, yeah. mine for a long time was I couldn't eat a, a slice of American cheese. Why? Because I got sick as a kid. Oh, and yeah. when you're a kid, you think you got sick because of the damn right. cheese, which is ridiculous, but it sticks with you. Right. Some people can't even stand the smell of Rumplemints anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's me too. I have that problem as well. Yeah. How'd you know? Yeah. I mean, for a different, well, for a same but different reasons. That's college. That was, a, yeah, I was going to say, those were the teenage years. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. But yeah, um, my wife can't eat tartar sauce. I couldn't eat American cheese, and it was solely based on childhood trauma. Nothing more than that. Chewing tobacco for me, you know. Once you puke Ooh. on chewing tobacco, you're just never going near it again. Oh, I think I tried chewing tobacco once. What age were you guys when you tried it? I've never Teen- tried teenager. it. Teenager. Eighth grade. Yeah. Oh, eighth, yeah. Ooh, my. eighth yeah. grade. Eighth grade. But it wasn't the harsh. I don't think it was the harsh stuff. My buddy gave me a dip, but I think he, it was sort of the... Was it the leaf? The sweet leaf stuff? I don't remember what it was. I just remember it wasn't no. the real like Copenhagen that was going to get you, but it was still pretty gross. I'm imagining the scene from the sandlot, just puke oh, yeah. everywhere. Yes. Oh. Yes. You're dizzy. You can't shake it for like 30 minutes. It's brutal. <laughs> I did that when I ch- uh, chewed tobacco in eighth grade. And then at one point in time, I my first cigar, same thing. I smoked a cigar and I got really dizzy and thought I was going to throw up. And I thought this was a really stupid idea on but my it, part. It looks so fun when I grandpa know. does it. I know. But he's a professional. <laughs> We're not. Judge, I know you love a good conspiracy theory. A lot of people do. Uh, a lot of people like the flat earth theory, Kyrie Irving's uh, specifically. We get a lot of news about that every once in a while. Well, here's a new one. Jordan Clarkson, Cleveland Cavaliers. He was on a podcast the other day from the undefeated. Road Trippin' is the podcast. Big on the conspiracies. Number one, he's all in on the moon landing conspiracy. Didn't happen. Hollywood studio. That's how that ha- that took place. He is a believer in mermaids, saying there's a ton of stuff down there we know nothing about. It's probably just some mermaids just chilling on the bottom of the ocean, just hanging out, sleeping and stuff. And then there's this one. I heard this. The dinosaur theory. I don't believe in dinosaurs either. What? Well, no, I actually do. I believe that. (laughs) All right, this is going to get a little crazy, all right? (laughs) Oh. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to take y'all a little left on this. All right, so y'all know how we got dogs and stuff, right? Right. So... I think it was bigger people in the world before us. And like the dinosaurs was they pets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a leash. Yeah. <laughs> like a pit. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> hey, quit all that making all that noise. Yeah. So how big were these people? Oh, you look at a dinosaur, they gotta be three times bigger than them. Where are their bones? Mm-hmm. Okay, this this exceeds something I'm capable of. Even I can't come up with that great of conspiracy theory about what transpired on this earth. Well, I mean, I just think he <laughs> sounds like he's, sounds like he's stoned or something, or or thought up these things while he was stoned. But you know, how do you come up with all this mermaids and dinosaurs and I have no idea. Land, moon on, I mean, he's I, he's. Getting some attention, I guess. I have absolutely no clue. Right, let's wrap this up talking about the Tiger Woods effect. We all know it. We all hear about it, that people tune in to golf more when Tiger's on. Yeah, the numbers show it. But uh, I like the numbers from the last couple weeks that I just saw. Last weekend, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Sunday, when Tiger was charging from, what, five down to within one of the lead. Overnight rating was a 3.6 and... Remember, this is up against March Madness. Last year, just to compare, 
Overnight, it was a 1.5 on Sunday of the Arnold Palmer, which featured Mark Leishman and Kevin Kisner and Charlie Hoffman and Roy McIlroy at Bay Hill. The week prior, that was the Valspar, a 5.1 rating when uh, when Tiger was in contention on Sunday. Uh, And uh, just for comparison's sake, back to this past week, the 3.6 at the Arnie Palmer. Mm -hmm. Compared to last year's majors, tied the final rounds of the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship and was better by .4 than the British. I told you. I was driving to the Wolves game on Sunday, and I turned golf on my radio. The only reason I did that was Tiger. The only reason why. It's I've... Mackie thinks I don't like him. I thought he couldn't come back, Tom. I thought the back was so bad. He's I I think he it's great fun to watch. I just thought he was done, and that it was just sad to see him keep his continuing you know surgery. I'll try and come back. I can't surgery. Same thing. I like him, but and I'm not surprised one bit. And no matter how good golf has gotten, I really do think that he is Babe Ruth. I think he is a. I think he transcends the sport to where people like me, who are ultimate casual golf guy, and and might watch the final round of the Masters and the Open, will hunt out, you know, the Arnie Palmer to watch him play. So I'm glad, and I'm not surprised one bit that the ratings are back through the roof because Tiger's back. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I th- I think now we're watching to see his comeback. Right. We're, yes. We're watching. I to just see thought it was not possible if he can come back from. All those surgeries and and a really extended period of time there where he was irrelevant and and couldn't perform and didn't perform well even when he tried coming off of just historic performances right he went from being historic and then he kind of screwed it up himself um, along with his health it coincided with I think you know psychological where he couldn't do a lot of things anymore and hit the ball well and and then his personal life was crazy and yeah, and a, completely off the rails to say the you least know? and now i don't know now at least the 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 male golfing audience i don't know how much i don't think women are real happy with tiger overall but uh the male audience is here to watch him play don't you guys think though that it, it helps that he seems humbled in many ways yeah he, for sure if he still came off as cocky as he used to i think it, yeah we'd watch but I, I think that there's a certain um, um, section of fans who are now cheering for him because it, he doesn't come off as arrogant and he doesn't come off as 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 big of jerk. I mean, I still think he's a really gr- he's a great competitor. Yeah. But I do I, I think the way that he has he is now perceived also helps because it's a 40 year old comeback story now where, where you where you went from I think at one point despising the guy to feeling empathy for him. And I think that does that that helps his cause with the general public. Yeah, time time heals those those wounds, I guess. And and yeah, he does seem like a uh, a more humbled guy, and he probably literally is because of those sure. injuries. Now he probably is appreciating his ability to play the game again and and respecting it. Hopefully, he's evolved to that. Mm-hmm. Take a break. Uh, come back. <laughs> With more, a Judd and Chorsky from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey. He looks like he's in eighth grade, first of all. He does. If you stand by that guy, he is a midget. He is a little guy. Judd Zolgad. I consider my protege. That's right. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Nominated for three Academy Awards, I, Tanya is the hilariously twisted film 
about one of the most sensational scandals in sports history. Producer Margot Robbie, an Academy Award winner for Best Supporting Actress, Allison Janney, star in this darkly funny and entertaining examination of Tanya Harding, the most controversial figure in the history of figure skating and the headline-grabbing scandal that mesmerized a nation. I, Tanya, now available on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. And we, you can win your very own Blu-ray combo pack now on the 1500 ESPN stream player. Mackie and Judd today is uh, Zolgad and Chorsky from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, 651-646-8255 if you'd like to join the conversation. Let's go to the phone lines uh, to Greg. Greg, what's up? Hey, just wanted to chime in a little bit on Tiger. And sure. uh, first and foremost, I want to say I am glad he's back and that he, I think he makes the golf a lot more entertaining. It's going to be fun to watch him take on a new generation of golfers. Um, I think everybody deserves a second chance. A lot of his wounds were self-inflicted, but, you know, we, we, we get people second chances. The one thing that I just wanted to comment, I, w- I was one of the volunteers last fall out at the Ryder Cup and was out there a bunch, and as Ty- I think Tiger was one of the assistant captains or vice captains or whatever they, uh, whatever they call them, and I just want to note that for somebody that had been through all that he had been, and we talk about whether or not he's humbled, there were a lot of times that I saw that he really still came across as arrogant, especially on Saturday and Sunday as he's riding around <laughs> his little cart. Mm-hmm. The cheers he was getting from the people along the crowd, there was no heckling at all that I heard. It was all, hope you come back, Tiger, way to go, Tiger, looking forward to you to come back, Tiger. All he had to do is tip his cap or even nod in the direction of the fans, and they would have gone crazy. Nothing. Didn't even didn't flinch an eyelash, didn't move a muscle, and it wasn't like he was, you know, it's not really like the assistant captains have a lot to do, and especially on the last day of the competition, there was no doubt the U.S. was going to win. So, you know, we can't give him an excuse that he was really into the match or, you know, really captaining away. But uh, I think it, I, I, I was expecting him to I was expecting, I guess, him to be a little different in his behavior towards fans that were doing nothing but cheering him on. I just wanted to weigh in on that. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Craig. I guess I'm not shocked. Well, I I just think he's I, done a good job of, of of turning the image of himself. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's become a, a fantastic human being. Yeah, I thought Craig was going to say the opposite. I thought he was going to say, couldn't have been more... Mm-hmm. You know, gregarious and 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 gracious, or you know, whatever. And <clears throat> to hear that is that is a little disappointing, especially under the circumstances, right? Here's a guy who's probably doesn't need to rebuild his image in order to make money, for example, right? Like some people ruin things for themselves, and then it's like, well, how else are they going to make money? They have to right. build their brand back up and build back goodwill so that they can then again earn a living whether it's through endorsements or being rehired again in in private sector. Here's a guy who doesn't really need that, but if he's got fans that are are uh, you know applauding him and throwing compliments his way and encouragement his way and just for his own personal I don't know confidence or self you know, well-being or whatever. So, you know, he could have, he should be saying, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank right. you for supporting me and, and being in my corner and, and rooting for me. I guess to be clear too, my sense of him and, and this might be completely wrong. My sense of him though, is that he has been humbled in some ways. I don't know if that necessarily means he's become a good guy. 
But I, <laughs> but I think when you take as many, but I think when you take as many things, I got to think about that one. Self inflict, self inflicted. Well, I just think he's not probably as demonstrative no. as he once was. But I don't know if that makes you a great person. Still, I think you still probably have lots of flaws. He just, he's older. I mean, in some ways, the back thing became pathetic. That, that's why I, I was very clear. I thought I wanted him to quit playing because it was getting very difficult to watch. And I never thought he'd get back to where he is now.